Hi, you guys. Welcome back to Undoing the Complex with yes. Chantel and Dante. Hey. I feel yeah. like we need to stop apologizing, apologizing for taking hiatuses. Hiatuses. Yeah. At some point, you just got to change. <laughs> you can't just keep saying sorry. And maybe I'm people sorry. don't even notice. Maybe people have no idea oh, that our weekly podcast is now bi or tri weekly. Yeah, I don't think that they notice, but. The algorithms notice and they're like okay <laughs> you don't want to be consistent we got you go back down to 3057 3057 what like on the charts oh there's We're, charts yeah we don't i don't know i just <laughs> algorithms are not loyal to you anyways we're happy to be back um we just came out of a tender moment between us two so yes. i still i might have boogies in my nose boogies boot we call yeah. them in Canada, we call them boogers. Y'all try to make it sound cute. <laughs> a booger is a booger. Okay, no, but Zai, our four-year-old, says burger and booger simultaneous. Like he, oh, like it sounds the same. Sounds like I ate same. a booger. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, ew, you ate your boogers? And he's like, no, I ate a, a booger. A, a burger. A burger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyways, we just had to connect a little bit before... This podcast, share some of our feelings. Yes, because we prioritize connection over productivity. I'm saying that as a declaration <laughs> because Chantel is like, do we? <laughs> Are you sure? When you said it, I was like, yeah, you can you say the we. Yeah. I yeah. do. Obviously, I prioritize connection over productivity. But those are the moments where you prove it true is when you, you choose it when it's hard. And it's like we got a lot to get done, but. I mean, I was looking at the clock every time the minute ticked by, but I was I still being present. I know. Yeah. But I love you. I love you too. And we figured it out. We did. And we're more connected because of it. We see each other. We feel known and loved. Yay. Do you? I do. That's okay. why I'm saying it. Yeah. Okay. Well, today we're going to do a fun episode, a two-part Q&A episode mm -hmm. a few weeks ago. I asked on Instagram, just ask us your questions and we're going to answer some of them on the podcast. So yeah, that is what we're going to do today. All right. Are you ready? I am. I am. Okay. So you're, ready you're to be basically, yeah, you're basically going to um, answer the question. I mean, ask the questions and then okay. we'll, we'll and answer then them together. We're going to answer them. Yeah. All right. The first question is, I wanted to start off with a fun one and not just go straight okay, to the, do but it. no. Yeah. No, okay. start with the fun. Yeah. Well, the fun one was, what is it, an embarrassing moment with your spouse? But neither of us could remember an embarrassing moment. An embarrassing moment. I'll try to think of it right now. I honestly think the embarrassing moments for me come, and these are, this isn't like a LOL embarrassing moment, but like a humbling embarrassing moment. And mm -hmm. it kind of just happened when we were having our conversation before this, which is when I kind of come into a disagreement and I kind of am guarded and a little bit self-protective and then you go out of your way to humble yourself and hear me out and give space for me and i could cry right now but this is supposed to be the fun light-hearted embarrassing moment that is no because i'm thinking about that like if it was reversed that is embarrassing, embarrassing. when you're like macho like <laughs> don't do this like if, i think it would be embarrassing yeah. if you could hear the internal dialogue 
inside my head and like of how the conversations are gonna go right and then you come in all soft and tender and create space for me and then i have to like eat my words but i don't have to eat my words because i never spit them it's out. like the other day where we're at youth um and <laughs> and there's this moment we got we got a corn dog truck um at youth also those corn dogs they were, were really so good. good but i did not um I'm not going to even go into it. Um, you know exactly <laughs> what I'm know. talking about. So we're at this, um, we're at youth and there's this like corn dog, um, what do you call it? Drive truck. Corn dog truck. And um, Chantel's like, I'm hanging out with the teenagers being the youth leader. And Chantel, well, and listen, I was checking the teenagers in, but yes. mama's pregnant and mama wanted a corn and dog. And she kept calling over saying, babe, <laughs> I, can you get me a corn and dog? And I was like texting him like, get me a corn dog. And I'm like, like chill they're not I can't even leave ready my yet post. but i'm trying to i try to tell you like they're still cooking it like nobody's in line like i will get you a corn dog but then once people started lining up you were there was seven people already in front yeah and that's you know true. with food trucks you're like it could either be quick or you could be there all right, night you can be waiting forever so that's true so i go in line i'm waiting in line to go get a corn dog and um a, a lady walks up to me a mom and she um, is like, hey, I have an extra corn dog. Like, do, do you want it? Um, because I, I bought too many. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's amazing. And then I look over and see my wife and, I'm, and I tell her, actually, um, my wife is pregnant and hungry. Could she have it instead? She was like, oh, yeah. And she, um, she was like, OK, I'll, I'll take it over to her. So and, then on my in my scene, I'm sitting there waiting for my corn dog. I'm texting him like, babe, give me my corn dog. And I'm like motioning him over to the truck. And then I'm just sitting there waiting. And then this mom comes up to me and gives me a corn dog. And I'm like, oh, that's so sweet of you. And yeah. I turn around, I'm like, she babe, see, me. look, she got me a corn dog, even though you didn't get me one. And then <laughs> y'all know I felt so good in this moment. And I delivered my moment. And I'm like, actually, I'm the one who sent her for you to get that corn dog. And, and then that's the moment when I ate my words. Yeah, yeah. And her. then I ate my corn dog. Yeah, yeah. But your face was, it, it was a, it was a really good face. I, I enjoyed it. it. I did. I did. So that's like my embarrassing moment. I mean, it's not really an LOL embarrassing moment. I'm sure we have more. I don't yeah. know if you can think of one. I don't. Like when you fart in front of me? No, I don't get embarrassed by that anymore. Yeah. If it, no, 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 no. If it slips <laughs> out when I don't intend it to. I was going to say the yeah. one time that that happened if it, with me in front of if you. It, if it happens when like. Yeah, that was funny. That was embarrassing. You were so embarrassed. I covered you though. I got you. Because he was giving. Maybe it's too much. Oh, you're gonna. Oh, like, go ahead. Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't gonna be the one. Y'all, I wasn't gonna be the one to share that. <laughs> Listen, wait, I'm just a d- wait, wait. Before you even say this, <laughs> can you imagine if I shared that moment before <laughs> you gave me permission? That would be the end of me. Oh yeah, of course not. But I'm like, yeah. I'm pretty, I'm more of an open book than right. you are. But, but that's one of those stories where like, if this was flip, I would never share that because that makes me feel okay, so out of Okay, but I'm not going to share the details of it. But okay, okay. basically he was just giving me a massage and then I was falling asleep. And as I fell asleep, I don't know if this ever happens to you in your sleep where you're like you had a- halfway in the dreamscape, but you're like still partially there and then you fart. You had a you had a um a release <laughs> as you were Okay, but I'm also gonna preface this with the fact that I never fart. Yeah. Right? Tell the people. Y'all, it is actually true. Like she never I thought it was like He um, thought I was lying when we first got married. Yeah. yeah and I said I like, like I don't re- I don't girl, get gas. Girl, you will slip up at some point <laughs> and time goes on and I'm like, Oh my god, I think you only fart like 
three times a year. <laughs> like, cause I log them, you know, like, whereas me, I'm like, you know, I'm, that's three times before you even roll out of bed. <laughs> first of all, that ain't that bad. I'm not like on the scale of, of flabbergasters on that scale. I'm, I'm like a seven, seven. Yes. What are the tens? Like I've been around tens. <gasps> I've been around tens and it's like they they breathe they fart they breathe they <laughs> fart they breathe <laughs> but um yeah that that was a that was a funny moment oh but for me it's embarrassing if that moment happens when i'm not prepared for it so if it slips out when i didn't intend it to right like that I'm like, massage oh, oh dang it yeah didn't expect that like we're both surprised like <laughs> you I'm, I'm as surprised as you are surprised versus me like you know giving a little little push but not like too much but like enough to know like oh i created this in a sense or i, I assisted you know like in those moments i'm, I'm happy we started with this question because <laughs> we needed to laugh too after that convo we had yes, before this yes. we were coming in pretty serious yeah and and it's like when you get married you realize that you know everybody does the stuff like everybody except poops everybody farts except chantelle um <laughs> Unless she's like falling asleep, <laughs> like right before that rim. Um, but yes. All right. Question yeah. number two. All right. What are some of the little things that have helped you fall more in love with your spouse? I think the those moments. When you fart? No, when you fart. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we don't even let our kids say the word fart. So it's no, like no, one no. of the F you, words. You don't let our kids say the word fart. Because when I it's just want, me and the boys. I don't kids going around being like i just farted i just farted they're boys because you know if you give them the language they're gonna overuse it i know but um yeah okay, listen, we weren't even allowed to say fart my cousins weren't allowed to say toot they had to say pooter <laughs> my kids uh, y'all y'all are hearing this right now my kids will never say what you say poofer pooter pooter <laughs> my kids will not say somebody pootered <laughs> Who pootered? What? Listen, we grew up in really Christian homes. There was a lot of words yeah. we were not. So yeah, we well, found well, other ways. This Christian home <laughs> will, will not be saying pootered. But um falling in love. Um now I don't I don't fully like falling in love versus like choosing love, all of that. We we understand that. But we're just talking about those moments where like the romance is there and and those moments of like you're looking at each other with googly eyes like we are now it's um, when you leave little notes for me in the morning times and mm. you write notes on the counter not on the actual counter but like you leave notes for me on the counter and you set up my coffee like you have my grinder there with my beans and my cup out mm -hmm. and you put a little note beside it or when you like leave me trails of notes so that like when I go to the bathroom to get ready there's a note mm -hmm. when I pour my coffee there's a note yeah. when I like go to do something there's a note yeah that's one of them I just I just left you one like I know like the other day ago. also yeah. when you buy me kombucha when you come home and you have kombucha and I or I see like a like a thing of pineapples yeah. in the fridge yeah it's hard because I'm like that can easily become a habit you know and I'm then, okay like, with that. it loses. <laughs> All right, great. I guess, I guess, also me personally, shoes. Yeah, I guess, me personally, and maybe this is like those moments, but like, I, I love the element of like, oh, I wasn't expecting this and it happened. Right. Or like, oh, that, that hasn't happened in a long time and you just randomly thought about doing it. Um, but yeah, I would say the moments that maybe I've felt just that, that the fireworks going off or, you know moments where i'm like just looking at you 
would probably be like when you just randomly celebrate me mm. um or those moments where you just like yeah just show shower your affection of how much you appreciate me um i don't know if that answers the question i think we're talking about what makes us feel loved no, just some of the little things that have helped you fall more in love with your spouse like everybody knows that like you fall in love with your spouse or choose in love whatever because they're kind and honest and they love jesus and okay they are, yeah i got it i got know. a clear answer um i would say like the moments where we're like dying laughing together there's nobody else around there's no other motivation it's just me and you just like crying laughing at like something. when we watch the carpool karaoke with Matt yes and yes and we and we literally have to pause it <laughs> because we are both crying <laughs> All right, now y'all are just in our inside joke. Okay, but if you've ever seen the carpool karaoke with Matthew McConaughey and Snoop Dogg, it'll it'll change your life. You'll never look at peanut butter the same. <laughs> and if you oh. are sad or down or just need a laugh, oh. you you have like we we watch it frequently. Yes, and we show other people when they yes, come over. Yes, but that first time we watched it was such a like. Man, we were dying laughing and <laughs> it was just so funny. But I definitely like when you when you have that that squeal laugh that you have, I like And my claps and knee slaps. Yes, yes. <laughs> it it's like I love it so much and find it so endearing. So. I love that. That's a good answer. Yeah. All right. When did you realize your marriage wasn't a perfect fairy tale? Um <laughs> I don't know. I think that came to me in phases. Like it was just like moments of, you know, I can't, I can't think back, you know, whether it was our first argument or whatever, I don't know, like on the other side of marriage, but when, when did we realize that it wasn't a perfect fairy tale? I feel like it happened pretty early on. Yep. Because I mean, Oh, I know when what I realized. I know when I realized. Okay, you go. I realized when, um, yes, yes. I know exactly when I realized the moment that oh. our marriage was not a fairy tale was when I found out that we were pregnant and in that like it wasn't our planned pregnancy. Like this idea of like everything that we do now that we're doing it together, we can plan everything. And we had this five year plan and I realized like, oh, that's out the door and we're about to create a, like this is real. Right. This is real. And I, I think that that was a definitely... I think mine was when you rented Angry Birds on our honeymoon. <laughs> but like, no joke. I was like, oh. This is this real. Is real. <laughs> he literally goes to the red box. It's our honeymoon. Right. And he goes to the red box um, to pick out two movies. This is crazy. I can't I think, remember the other one. Oh, oh I remember no, the I know. other one. I, it was Ant-Man. Yes, and I was thinking he's going to come back with like, Probably a yeah. chick, one chick flick and right. then like one for him right. or like two that we would like. And he gets back in the car. I'm with you on this. I look back on that. Mo I'm with you. I'm like, what was and I And he rented Angry yeah. Birds and Ant-Man. And I, I remember being like, I did. so confused. I did. Like and, what the. And, and I'm pretty sure I watched both of those movies by myself. I think I came out halfway through. Oh yeah, you angry did. Birds, you did. Yeah. But I was angry. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> you, you just snuggled up right next to yes. me and yeah. <laughs> I could, but, I could see why that would end a fairy tale, yeah. But I think back to your point of getting pregnant really early on in marriage. I don't think we, I think the, 
honeymoon bubble popped pretty quickly. One, because we got pregnant really, really fast. And two, because in our first year of marriages, marriages when all of my insecurities started spewing out, right, which right. feel very non fairy tale like. Yeah. When all yeah. of a sudden I'm feeling super insecure, super triggered, stuff is super coming not. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And so I think that felt, and we felt very alone and just, it didn't feel like a fairy tale. We had to face real life pretty quick. Yeah. And and we just were, you were working three jobs and none of that stuff happens in fairy tales. Don't they have like, they right. both have really great jobs and. Or they somehow don't work but make money. Right. <laughs> that was not <laughs> the case. Real life got real pretty quickly. Yeah. But then I think over time, when, when you build some foundational pieces like trust and man our kids are y'all <laughs> there are six kids out there are, yeah these mics are there's a babysitter good, so you might not it's not them. just them but like the floor <laughs> is like vibrating like as our kids you can are hear it through around. it i've listened to it on a podcast before yeah um, um but i don't even remember what i was saying we were just talking about the fairy tale oh basically i was gonna say something that made it sound like our marriage isn't um sad <laughs> Oh. But it's fine. No. I just kind of want to leave people on the cliffhanger of marriage not being a fairy was, tale. The best year of our years of our marriage have been the recent ones. And it's right. not the same for everybody. Lots of people have those. I mean, I don't even like the idea of the honeymoon phase, but I think I think you get to choose that. But I also think there's just realistically all of those love chemicals, which are very biological yeah. and it's very real that all those chemicals coursing through your brains and your body create a honeymoon phase yeah. like is it feeling is it for bonding lots of oxytocin serotonin dopamine yeah. right. and real all of that stuff shields you from reality which is why people do drugs because it's yeah. increased amounts it's of those like a, a bubble chemicals. of time to it's almost like a newborn baby you know that really special space you just gave me eyes all right we're just like you mean going. when they're not sleeping <clears throat> and when they cry i said a newborn or no i think i'm in a fetus like in in the womb Oh. Like when it's, you know, <laughs> in that sacred space of growth and development and it's getting right. so many, you know, nutrients and all of these things. And it's like the perfect world. Yeah, it's exactly like that. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, I'm good at these things. Okay, uh, so let's go to the next question. Did you do premarital counseling? Yes. Um, this kind of goes into um, a little bit from that fairy tale i think we we went through and sifted through a lot of mud to have what we have today mm -hmm. um and premarital the reason i love it um i don't think our premarital benefited us as much as um i would hope for it to benefit people now because we didn't do it with like we didn't a do counselor. it nor we did nor did we do it with like people that were in our lives right. um we just see. basically watched like a video series, did a right. workbook, and then a had like a couple of meetings, and, yeah. and that and that was about it for premarital. But not people we felt comfortable like yes. opening up, and I right. don't even think me or you, people. you or I, were really good at doing that very yeah. well at the yeah. that time, especially as a couple. Right. Um, I mean, we had like one person was it Melissa Casey that like would meet with us and call out craziness and yeah. help us. But um, the reason um, I would say it's such a value, one is because we're seeing so many friends do it right now. 
and um, our closest friends do a lot of premarital with people Mm -hmm. Um, and so we get to see kind of firsthand even like the value of it and we're we're doing some premarital with some people and um you i i think a lot of times people do premarital in hopes to like be perfectly ready or they for, just do it wedding. to check off the box or to check out the box whatever whatever culture you're in or whatever it is my my thing is premarital is amazing i think it's important but having a lifestyle i think it i think it gives you a um idea of what letting people in on your relationship can look like for the rest of your marriage right more than premarital it should just be ongoing right right and so it's almost like a training ground for like man this is what we want to start doing because you realize in premarital things start coming up and you're like oh oh shoot i get married in six months and i didn't even know this thing was a real thing in my life and now Now I feel like I just took seven steps back when we're about to get married and you can almost have this freak out. But the reality is, hey, that that has already been there. You're now just coming into a space where you can expose it and see, Okay, what am I actually working with? Not so that I can be disappointed or so that I can be afraid of my wedding day, but so that I can see what's man, what are we working with? Right. And having people to walk you through marriage before marriage during marriage all throughout right gives you another set of eyes ears and hearts that are invested into your marriage because for us when we were dating we were we we thought we were experts at dating right and we would even meet with other dating couples who we were dating yeah. who were dating at the time when we were dating because we didn't our eyes were the only ones on our relationship minus friends and stuff but all of our friends were single and right. so counseling gave other eyes ears and hearts into our relationship where they could see stuff that we couldn't see call out stuff that we couldn't see but also yeah. create that accountability in our marriage and we've seen people all throughout our marriage now. So I, I, we did premarital counseling, but that wasn't a game changer for me because I don't think it actually set us up. But, but again, I don't think we had premarital counseling, like the essence of what that could offer. We didn't do that. Right. So, so when it comes to premarital, um, our experience was not premarital. So you premarital, what I look at it like is you are meeting, um, you know, for a certain amount of times or set aside times to talk about your family dynamics. Um, You're talking about some things that you feel like you've been facing or struggling with as you've been engaged. Um, Some of the things that you feel like you've been doing really well. And you're you're talking with an experienced couple that has done a lot of life that loves marriage, that has a healthy marriage. And, and something that you can pull from so that, man, we're about to get married. Marriage is vulnerable. It's it's opening up. We're about to enter into another phase of commitment, the, the greatest commitment on earth. Right. We are about to step into that. And so, man, we want to do the best that we can to be able to see, man, are, are there some things that we have some blind spots? Are there some things that we we can see before we get to the other side. But the reality is, is that not all that stuff is going to come up before you're married because premarital, you're not married yet. So there's only a certain level of intimacy, intimacy, trust and connection that you've built with each other. And a lot of that stuff doesn't come up 
until afterwards. Yeah. And Sometimes. I think I think it just minimized some of the blindsidedness right. of like, man, I was not expecting that. Versus, oh man, we talked about this in premarital. Right. Talked about this could be a thing. And but then I'm saying we, we that it's not just premarital. I'm saying that you have those people or people on the other side of premarital who are also walking you right. through it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, our long answer. Yep. Did you ever break up while dating? Um, no, we did not. Um, but I wanted to, uh, I wanted to kick it to the curve, <laughs> curb, <laughs> the curb, curve. <laughs> um, yes. Um, I never wanted to break up with you, but you wanted to break up with me. Yeah. I never told you that until no, like when we were married. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, the main reason was because I thought, I thought you were crazy. What? Not crazy. Not crazy. Sorry. I thought that you were more of a mess than you were were um not a mess right wait what were some of those red flags um you never actually fully told me why you wanted to all break right up let's talk me. about it right now <laughs> let's talk about it let's talk about it with the people this is what we do on <laughs> doing the complex um i i remember one of the main ones actually this wasn't even like a big deal this was because i was just like me me um was because of your schooling Oh, because I was more You're, educated than you? No, 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 no. I oh. wasn't insecure about that. Oh. Um, no, you um you given more time to that than you were to us right. dating. Like I felt like we didn't go on a lot of like, man, let's actually like date and have fun because you were like, oh, I gotta type up this paper and I gotta do this thing and I gotta I got this class. Which, and then, to be fair, before I, we started dating, thing. we yes. prefaced it with that. And you communicated that to me. But who says, hey, my schooling is more important than you before we do this? An Enneagram 3 Yes, doing e a master's exactly. degree. And so that very Enneagram 3 is what almost caused me to kick to the curb. Wait, because I wasn't paying enough attention to you? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. If we're that. dating and we're discovering who we are, we're... we're we're saying like, man, I want to, I want to learn you and you learn me and right. we get to hang out and have fun together. I was, I was disappointed with that, but I never really said it. I was just trying to be, you know, the man, which, right. which I realized that I was not being a man. I was actually sacrificing something that was a value of mine. And so that was a whole different story. But like, that was actually almost one of the reasons why I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Right. Like, I'm not, I'm not having fun right now. Not I wasn't this. very fun. Yeah. I was very serious, very schooling has to yeah. come first, but at all costs, like very black or yeah. white. Yeah. And I, I would say the moments where we had fun and where we spent time together, I, I loved it so much. Right. Like the moments that we laughed together or when we had friends, like you instantly connected with my guy friends, which was like so special for me because I was like, this girl can hang <laughs> like she can hang. And um. And so those moments, I, I held on to those when I was like debating. Wait, but what about I, the crazy part? Um, was was it, it because I was really insecure? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I, I imagine the person that I would marry would be, you know, confident and like that actually believes in themselves right. beyond my belief. Because e it was easy for me to believe in you. It was easy for me to see what was on right. your life but because you're one of the first people who verbally expressed continually how much you believed in me and yeah. so then you almost became my right and I, and I didn't want to become that for that yes and I didn't, I didn't want to become that and so like 
in in those moments i think it was just like man it is she gonna ever believe in herself right and and that for me was definitely a, a scary thing because i was just like oh i have this idea of like i don't want to just be the life of the party and then my wife is like you know back in the corner saying that she'll support whatever i do i didn't want that right. like i want it like man we're gonna we're gonna run together which like, i had to figure we had to figure that out in marriage yeah we did we did but but some of the but how i wanted my marriage to look was i had seen marriages that were like you know husbands in the front and wife is you know i, I don't know like right and that's i didn't want to be that either yeah, but I I would have never known that when right. we were dating. That would have never. That's why I'm like, man, thank God for um, who he is. <laughs> I was gonna say for what? Thank thank, thank people, God thank for God for yeah clarity. Because I had this small sense of like, man, if she could get over this, I feel like what I see is there. Right. Like what what I see of who she could be, like. Because I had then, a lot of dysfunctional belief systems about myself. Yeah. And because of the things you that didn't I believe in yourself. Myself, I mean, I remember like it was even hard for you to even dream. Like you oh, didn't, didn't even know, know how, how to dream. Know how to dream. I, was I like, thought what? dreaming was you get your degree and then you get your master's degree, and then you get a PhD. Right. You just go <laughs> down the line. Yeah. And but I remember a big moment was actually um, Melissa Casey, um, who was a, a pastor in our environment. And she chose you. Um, and I remember, I didn't tell you this, but that was actually a really big moment for me mm. because I was like, okay, I'm not crazy. Somebody else sees it. Right. <laughs> like somebody else sees who she, who she could be. Um, and I think that that was really encouraging for me that I didn't feel like I was the only one just like having this, you know, pipe dream, a fantasy idea of this girl who I was dating. But that's the thing about belief systems. Cause even when I got chosen by her and chosen by you and you different struggle. things that were, ha I still, those were always exceptions to the rule. Cause the rule in my mind was I'm not good enough. I'm sm I'm not smart enough. You'll eventually not want to be with me. All these kinds of beliefs that would keep me stuck in these cycles of needing you to affirm me all the time, yeah. needing you to tell me that I was good enough. Yeah. And, and those were the very things that, like almost caused me to break up right. with you. It was like, this is too, like you're, you're needing things for me that like you should, you should have right. in, within yourself to some extent. Which those didn't get worked out till we were married. Yeah. And, and I but. remember for me, it was like, okay, so now I'm at a crossroad where I could, I could choose you when you're not at your best. I could choose you right now before you are, you know, this person that I see. And I, and I remember asking myself, like, am I, what, what do I need to, to continue dating? And I remember it was one thing what? that, that you were willing to face those things. Mm. And I remember, um, I don't think I've ever told you this. Um, oh, I remember, I remember I was talking to the Lord and I was like, if she's willing to like face her stuff. Cause like, for me, I was like, I'm willing like I know and, and we've seen this in, in our marriage like I've made messes I've like done horrible like things to myself and not like horrible things as in like you know self-sabotage or whatever but like I've always known like oh I'm willing to face hard things and I have done that but we're getting to know each other and I'm like man I, is she willing 
Because if she is, then there's nothing that we can face that or nothing that she can face that she won't be able to overcome if she's willing to face it. And um, and I remember we were having a conversation and you said a phrase, you said something, but you're like, I'm willing to go after this. And I remember I was like, this is a girl. Mm. This is it. I'm sticking this through. Um, and and I think that that was like a big um, point because there's nothing more um, harder than a person who is um, not willing to face what they see in their life that's a problem that i think that's a pet peeve of mine like if somebody sees where they're not you know healthy or they they see where they're not but they're unwilling to to actually go after it right um and i think that would have been a deal breaker like if you were if you were way more apathetic about it and if you're way more like yeah, I'm just woe is me and I'm going to be here forever. And um, yeah, that that's it. I mean, I definitely felt that powerlessness often in my yeah. life. I had a very external, what they call in psychology, an external locus of control, which meant like everything externally defined how I showed up in life. Yeah. If somebody liked me, if things were going well for me, then I was doing great, but I didn't know how to create that inside of myself. And so me saying, I'm willing to go after this was me saying, I'm going to choose to not let powerlessness control my life. And I, d- I didn't actually know at the time really what it looked like to go after it. And, yeah. but putting in the work and being willing to ask for help and go yeah. after those cycles. Cause there, I was stuck in a lot of cycles because of my belief systems yeah yeah and now we're saying this it sounds like it was the Chantel messy show during our dating well if that was the case then it was the dante messy show um in our marriage so I'm okay with the Chantel messy show i was telling yeah. someone the other day who's getting married just how messy i was dating but especially in our first year of marriage because marriage didn't solve Right. My insecurity. It, it only pressed on them all. Yes. Yeah. And I felt even more insecure and more not chosen, which and, could yeah. sound backwards. But, but then what did you do? I went to counseling every single week for 18 months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I faced the things in my life that weren't bringing the fruit that I wanted to see. And I did hard things and yeah. went after it. And you journaled like crazy. I have so many journals. I, I remember, um, you would literally tell me almost every day that what the Holy Spirit said something to you. Do you remember this? Was that after I had a baby? I don't. I, I guess don't, it was part of that was yeah. in that season. I remember saying saying to you, babe, do you realize do you've come that. to me like every day with something that He's spoken to you, and now and I'm seeing, I'm I'm physically seeing how your your choices are changing, mm-hmm. and how your responses to life and things coming up are changing as you're having these moments. So it was it was pretty crazy to even just watch that. And so, yeah, we veered very far from the question. But that was did you ever break up while dating? Um, Let's do one more. Okay, And that's part one. Great. Who had the hardest time adjusting in marriage? All right. um, We're going to count to three and then we're going to say either me or you. All right. Okay. So it's going to be like one, two, three. Okay. One, two, three. Dante me. Nelson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you were 12 years old. Chill. <laughs> Chill. 
Just kidding. Those oh, numbers were reversed. Ba- baby boy. 21 years old. Baby boy was um, just trying to live it up. Had my fantasy of what marriage should look like and want to travel the world and me stay up late and, and yeah eat donuts and that was that was that was a sad thing realizing that you would never be a night person i know i remember you would say you, but, i think about this sometimes yeah. how you're like as soon as i mean this is when we had kids but as soon as you shut the door to their room you are like you scurry around in the bathroom and you're like getting your contacts out and you're brushing your teeth and you're getting your jammies and there's like no time to connect because you're such a night i mean you're such a morning person that you just start winding down right after you would be gone like i would be like what what about me what about me listen that first year of marriage i sacrificed so much of my sleep to hang out with you yeah yeah, we We watched how many seasons of lost in that season we ate how many cookies at 11 p.m right yeah we did we did it was short-lived i enjoyed it um but yeah i i definitely had a harder time adjusting to a new life of responsibility Mm -hmm. sacrifice not thinking of myself um especially then becoming a young dad so actually being you know what i need to be to my son um being present with responsibilities and with family prioritizing time and energy with family that that all took and we've talked about this before but you like literally came out of high school did three years of ministry school and then got married so even like basic just not 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 just that came out of high school did three years of ministry school got a full-time or worked three jobs got engaged got married got a full-time job became a dad so yeah it was a little whirlwind and um I freaking had world. a hard time adjusting <laughs> yeah. to the wind. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, w- I would say having solid people around me, I I didn't spiral and run away. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I never had the opportunity to, well, I had the opportunity to run away, but um, it would have been really hard for me to, to run. I mean, apart from all that, marriage is a huge adjustment. And even talking to people recently who have recently got married and feeling, man, I wish I would have had people to process after I got married and just the big change that comes. It's like wedding day is such a big hype. And then all of a sudden the next, don't call it a hype. I mean, hype being like you, it's such a beautiful, exciting, anticipatory season, Yes, but it is not preparing you to be married every single day for the rest of your life. Right. But it is a very special day. Yes, it is. It is. I'm not saying it's a hype day. I'm just saying I am. I'm speaking personally from, from what happened is after this day, then the next day, everybody, everybody goes back home that was visiting everybody goes back to their normal life and now i'm just married and there's no more hyping up now i have to figure out how to your marriage is your marriage right yeah and it was i think we both had a hard time adjusting in different ways yeah but like i think i think my my adjustment was like how to man i didn't realize that we're building a life right like we're not just like married and you know we get to have sex and we get to connect and have fun together we don't and, have to say bye to each other uh, we don't have to night. say bye to each other which are all like amazing 
perks, you know. Um, but I didn't realize like, oh, we're building a life together. Right. Like we're we're building a legacy. Like we're like there's more to this in it and the amount of intentionality that this requires is it takes all of us, you know, all all of me to to bring to this relationship. And I think that reality came in phases. Right. Of like, oh, this is like I'm I'm bringing all of me, and if and if I got things that are going on inside of me that is causing our marriage to suffer, then I have to face those things. Whereas when you're single, you know you got things that are you know messing up your life or things that are dragging you or whatever it is. You, you really, you know, to some extent, you're not really affecting um, the people around you. Um, what am I trying to say? When when you're single and you make messes or you you do things or you you're struggling internally, it really just affects you. Of course, it affects your right. community and the people around you. Disconnect from them, but but at the end of the day, people are like, "Man, that that sucks." But then they go home, you know, or they go to their room right. and great. When you're married and you have things come up and you choose not to face them or they're like the other person feels it directly. It affects the whole atmosphere. It affects the, the whole atmosphere. It affects the, the bedroom. Like you're not like going to a different room like, oh, I got Oh, we got to sleep next to each other. Right. You don't just go home and process it with your roommates and then come back the next day. Exactly. Like roommates, you can shut the door, or, you know, hop in your bed and put in some headphones. But. When, when you're married, it, it forces that space of, hey, what, what are we going to do with this life that we're building together? Right. Which is why they say often say that marriage is like a mirror, like looking in a mirror, you see parts of yourself that you've never seen before, because yeah. now you're looking at somebody else and realizing everything that I struggle with, everything that is hard for me, everything that I haven't processed yet affects you. Right. And I right. have to face me in order to show up you yeah and so i think just to answer this question i was the one who struggled the most and um uh, because i had a lot of um fantasy ideas of what i thought marriage was and of my own life i think i had to face a lot more pain than i um thought i had i think marriage brought up things in me that i chose to be in denial about and until it literally just erupted and caused either messes or caused me to disconnect and have to figure out what was going on inside of me mm-hmm. um and I, and I think that the reality of you know getting married is one of the most beautiful things that you could do but it's also one of the most challenging things that you are saying yes to mm-hmm. you are saying yes to building a life beyond yourself you know and and what that is uh, what it demands of you um, is is all of you. But the reward is what we have right now. Um, right. Which and what is, we're building yeah. and continue to build. And it's fun. It is fun when you, you know, have good foundational work done and you get to build and, and create together and run together. But it's hard. Like we had a conversation right before this Zoom or not Zoom call. Right before this podcast, we had a conversation because we needed to connect, mm-hmm. you know, like it's not just black and white where you're just like robotic, but um, it is um, it is a lot of fun, though. 
And it's a laying your life down and people don't fully know the cost of laying your life down. And until you're laying that thing down. Yes. When you realize I'm like, oh, this, oh, I got to include this into the package. Oh, this, okay. this doesn't just get kept over there. Oh, oh unless we you can't move as fast as I want to. Unless you struggling. sign, unless you sign prenups, prenuptials. I should have signed prenuptials. We don't I'm have any kidding. money. We I didn't, know, have, any I didn't money. even have anything. To <laughs> <laughs> like, what would you be getting? Oh, my Air Force Ones. Yes. Um, but yeah. And that's why we believe in a biblical marriage. The two became one and um, Jesus and be the center of it all. That was that was it. I meant that, but I just said that as a as a joke. So on that note, we are going to close <laughs> off part one of this Q&A. Yes. And next week we got some more juicy questions about lots about marriage, about family Um an exercise routine, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I got one. Oh. Oh, you have an exercise routine? Yeah. What is it? Getting out of bed in the I morning? I do one crunch in the morning. <laughs> That's a dad joke. <laughs> I do one crunch and I'm done. Done. All right. Babe, well, I'm going to get it back, though. Baby, I've been hearing this for six my years. My exercise Mella. journey will return. Six years. My We've body. Been talking about his I look at my body journey. in the morning. My body's like, bro, imagine what we could be. Yeah, you could be something great. I know. You're good. I know. All right. <laughs> With that, thank y'all for watching Undoing the Complex or listening. listening to Undoing the Complex. We, we love you guys. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back. Bye.